So, I want to give the Houston Rockets the benefit of the doubt, but I just can't. I just cannot. They are a dumpster fire. They continue to surprise me in the most awful way uh, humanly possible. Um, Last time we checked on the Rockets, Steven Silas was throwing his team under the bus. Remember, he was like, oh, yeah, they're not playing on the defensive end. They don't get after it. Remember, Eric Gordon was saying things about how they're not improving. Um, they're not getting into their man. They're fighting over over things and not helping each other, not doing what they're supposed to do. Pretty much an indictment of this entire team not being on the same page. And the Rockets are awful. They're the worst team in the league. They're 13-45, and 45, and that's the worst worst record in the NBA by, by a long shot. They are 1-9 in their last 10. This is not a good team, right? But there's a lot of not good teams. This this is like a infested organization, though. And the more you look into it, the more you say to yourself, what is happening there? How do you fix it? Because it is really off the rails. So now we've got some new news on some more things that apparently are disturbing as it relates to their third overall pick from last year's draft, Jabari Smith Jr. Yeah, he's an absolute mess. They broke him. I'm going to say it again. Houston Rockets have broken Jabari Smith. According to Mark Spear at Anscape, apparently the Thunder, which has nothing to do with the Rockets, but the Thunder promised Jabari that they would draft him at number two overall, a belief that they extended all the way through draft night, which, let's be honest, they probably also said that. The Thunder probably also said that to Chet. They knew Jabari, or at least assumed that Jabari wouldn't be available, so they were just trying to kind of like, I don't know, appease him. His dad then told Mark Spears when they called Chet Holmgren's name, he lost it. Leg went to shaking. I looked at him. He's in tears, almost in tears. And I forgot that he told me OKC promised to draft him. So I kept my mouth closed about that. I talked to him and I'm like, well, hey, what are you doing? Straighten your face, man. You good. You good. You good. You know, the camera was right at our table. Bro, can you blame him? He thought he was going to play for Mark Dagno, who he probably did not know, and Sam Presti, and OKC with a bunch of bucket getters that also passed the ball around to going to Houston, post-James Harden Houston. Gross. I would be in tears too. And this year has been a disaster. They have broken him. He is the worst he's maybe ever been in his career right now. Just off the radar. The fact that he's in the Rising Stars Challenge is really sort of a loose interpretation of rising star, right? Like right now he is a falling star and eventually he will rise again like a phoenix out of the ashes when he gets the fuck out of Houston or they sell the team or get rid of Stylus or something. But right now he is not a rising star. Jabari Smith is a falling star. He is averaging 12-7-1, which is like fine. But he's shooting 30% from three, 39% from the field as a whole. This is a guy if you remember, that everyone said largely was the best pure shooter in the league or best pure shooter in the draft. He has the best jumper in the draft class. So then when, um, amazingly, so they asked Stephen Silas about all this, right, for the article. And you would assume that Stephen Silas would say positive things about Jabari, right? Protect his guy, make him feel good, knowing that it's going to get published. 
I don't know, something. Do something, Stephen. Like, figure it out. Know that your your player's confidence is at an all-time low and maybe figure out a way in print form to boost it. No, 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 no. He didn't. He said this. Jabari is young and trying to find his way. He has grit and toughness and tries defensively. And he's not given much at all. I don't run any plays for Jabari Smith. You don't run any plays for Jabari Smith, your number three overall pick, the guy that everyone thought was a consensus number one overall pick. You don't run any design plays for him, none. You don't feel like that's maybe something you should reconsider? I don't know. Like you don't think that's maybe something to evaluate about you? No wonder Jabari is upset. He's probably in tears on a regular basis, honestly. Let's be honest. If I was stuck in Houston, that is a jail sentence in the NBA. All you have to do while you're biding your time before free agency, read books, uh, try to figure out, maybe become like a lawyer like they do in jail. You know, they just figure out a new craft, a, a new hobby, a Ph.D. program. Jabari, do something with your time because you're locked up like Akon right now. And there's really no uh, point for you to focus on your relationship with Houston Rockets because they clearly don't focus on the relationship with you. Jabari said this in terms of how his rookie year has gone. Probably you would imagine it's not going well for him. Let's check in on him, though. He says, yes, it's been tough, honestly, because I feel like I've been winning all the way up to this point. So it's just knowing it'll get brighter down the road. And just trusting the process and staying with it. It will not get brighter down the road. <laughs> I hate to say it. Until you get out of Houston, maybe you end up going to Philadelphia. Because James Harden wants to end up back in Houston. Maybe strippers and foie gras infused lobster hamburgers that James Harden loves so much. Maybe hookah is your way out. Maybe somehow, some way you can get a reprieve. But there is no bright days coming for you when you are in Houston. I promise you that. All of this is an example that the spot you land is everything. So much of the draft is where you go. And let's face facts. There is no worse spot for a young three-point shooting big man to go than the Houston Rockets. You have Jalen Green, you have Kevin Porter Jr., you have Josh Christopher, you have Alperin Shangoon, and they all want that ball, and they don't want you to have it. And that is the truth. Even if you're wide open, jumping up and down under the basket, they are not giving you the ball. We can only imagine what Jabari would be in OKC. We could only imagine what Jabari would be in Orlando, even. But I promise you, this is the worst spot for him, for his confidence. And he's a nice kid. He's a little too nice for Houston, if you know what I'm saying. He's the kind of kid that gets sucked into thinking that if you go upstairs to the champagne room, you only have to pay for the one song. You doesn't know that every new song that she plays, you have to pay more money for. And you come out, you're like, I owe $27,000 to Cayenne. Right? Like, that's Jabari Smith. One thing is for sure. 
Jabari's rookie year has gone far worse than any pundit or any draft expert could have ever, ever predicted. Will he ever become a star? I don't know. Time will tell. But he's going to need to get out of H-Town in order for us to find out. So we talked last episode about the Warriors and how they were upset with uh, my Portland Trailblazers. And uh, for not disclosing the seriousness, the severity of Gary Payton's injury. The derailed, almost, A-14 trade that sent out Sadiq Bey, James Wiseman, Kevin Knox, and about a gajillion second-round picks, right? So they were upset with the Gary Payton trade. Golden State ended up taking on Gary Payton. But to say that they are pissed is an understatement. They've already had the league look into it. They've already launched uh, a formal investigation. But now there's more. Yep, I just looked. I Googled it today, and I was like, what's up with the Warriors? Are they over it? Have they calmed things down? Are they chill? No, they are not chill. According to Chris Haynes, the Warriors are now encouraging the league front office to investigate all of Portland's trades over the last few years. Hey, I I think they're fucked up in general. I think you guys need to look into some stuff. Like, it kind of looks like they're not just selling dimes and nickels. They're they're pushing major weight. I think that they are full-fledged shady. Why? Why do they want the front office to look into the Blazers? Well, they assert that the Blazers, just as a matter of course, keep screwing teams over by hiding injuries. Can't you just leave well enough alone, Golden State? No, they cannot. Apparently, it's not just the Peyton trade. As Haynes reported, I was told that they've urged the league to look into Portland's dealing with New Orleans last year when it was the C.J. McCollum-Larry Nance trade. They've urged the league to look into that, particularly Larry Nance Jr., because they believe that a similar incident happened in that deal, and they feel like the Blazers may have a pattern of doing something where they're either withholding information or presenting misleading information, and so without having all the details. What I do know is the Warriors have made it clear to the league that they need to look into that trade from last year. Snitch, snitch, snitch. What are the Warriors doing? That had nothing to do with them. The optics are not good at the moment. Right after Nance was traded to New Orleans, he had surgery on his right knee and missed more than 10 weeks. Whoopsie. He didn't see that either. He was healthy. He was healthy. Uh, This is how I know that the Warriors are pissed. Because if Adam Silver finds that they've done shit wrong, they're going to lose draft picks. They're going to get fined. And the kicker, uh, there's pretty much nothing at this stage that would actually benefit the Warriors beyond just snitching. They get nothing from this. I don't know. Maybe that's why they couldn't find a buyer for Nurk at the deadline because he had his calf injury. I don't know if Portland is guilty at all. But what I do know is the Warriors have it out for Portland. And they do have a little bit of history. That's all the time that we have for the Heat Check. Check back Monday for an all-new episode. Do not forget to watch that feed for past episodes, interviews, bonus episodes that drop unexpectedly throughout the week. Please follow us on every single social channel at this Heat Check on TikTok, at Trista Crick on Twitter, Instagram, Trista Crick on TikTok as well. Tell all your friends. Please, please download the pod. Please subscribe to the pod. Please write nice things about the pod. We still have people who are hating, being trollers, and trolling in the comments. So help me out. And uh, also, by the way, the heat check never sleeps, even after the trade deadline. But hopefully, at some point, I can. Talk to you guys soon.